How's it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, joined once again by Ben Gorwitz for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Um, ben, how you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing well. Had a couple, had a little hiatus, had a little, couple of weeks off. Uh, we feel like we haven't done a podcast in so long, I feel like, but we just did one. Yeah, the last one we did was before a conference championship week. So, you know, it definitely does feel like we haven't done one in a little while. But the reality of that is that we actually did do one last week. I think it was like Tuesday last week. So that's probably why it feels so long. But we're back here, like I said, Wednesday. It is um, March 17th. Um, that means that we got a lot of good stuff for y'all guys. We're going to run through the entire March Madness bracket for y'all and just kind of talk in general about March Madness and how crazy the tournament can be. Um, give away a lot of stuff to y'all. Also, too, I'll be posting my bets that I'm going to be taking during March Madness um, on my Twitter, so keep your eye out for that. But let's go ahead and get things started, guys. So we'll start things out with a round of 64. We'll start in the West bracket where the number one overall seed, Gonzaga Bulldogs, um, take on the winner of a play-in game. I'm not even going to waste our time talking about this one, Ben. I assume you have Gonzaga advancing. I do have the Zags advancing. Yeah, I don't even think this one should be close. Anyway... Next game up on here is the 8-9 matchup, um, Missouri versus Oklahoma. This is one where I actually liked Oklahoma to advance, but Ben, I want you to tell them why that we shouldn't like Oklahoma to advance here. Well, the second leading scorer, according to their coach, the second leading scorer is now going to be out for the first round and the second round of the tournament because he recently just tested positive for COVID. Now, according to the Oklahoma coach, the rest of the team is fine. Uh, this test tested he tested positive during the quarantine period so he should not have been around other uh teammates but it is their second leading scorer uh and this was a tough matchup for me to pick to begin with to be honest with you um this 8-9 matchup can be real tough to pick Mm -hmm. um yeah i'm I'm in agreement with ben on this one but also to you guys i'm gonna tell you all this no need to sweat an eight, nine matchup odds are they're going to get slaughtered in the next round by the uh, one seed. So, you know, don't waste your time overthinking this one, but I actually had Oklahoma winning this one, but I'm going to go with Ben and agree on Missouri. Also too, Oklahoma didn't finish the season too hot. They were on a massive losing streak to finish off. They couldn't even beat Kansas who was down uh, McCormick in that game. So, you know, I'm going to agree with you here and go with Missouri. Obviously though, we both have Gonzaga advancing again, but let's go down now to the uh, 5-12 game where we have the Creighton Blue James taking on a uh, on a uh, UC Santa Barbara. Um, ben, what, what are you doing with this one? So, I mean, you and I referenced, I think, our last podcast or the last time we talked about college basketball, uh, Creighton's issues. You know, they had the the little scuffle with their coach. Um, coach McDermott had a racist comment that uh, kind of took the social media by storm and. You know, I, I don't want to look too much into Creighton's blowout loss in the Big East Championship to a Georgetown team that would not have gotten in to March Madness if not for winning the tournament. Um, I, I'm not going to look too much into that. Um, you know, someone told me the players just – they just didn't feel like playing for for their coach at that time. Uh, I mean, this is March. Uh, if your players still feel that way in March – uh, in March Madness, then your coach should just automatically be fired because, you know, it's one thing I get. You want to win your your conference tournament. That, that's a special accomplishment, but it does not mean as much as just winning in, in, in the actual tournament. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting Creighton 
to get back on track here. This is a very good team that has a lot of weapons. They play together. I'm looking forward for them. And this is a sneaky matchup. I mean, the seeding, the 512 can be tricky. I'm sticking with Creighton, though, as the five seed. Yeah, I'm rolling with Creighton as well. I agree with you. They're going to get back on track and be pissed off after getting blown out. Um, 5-12 matchup is tricky. Typically, the 12 seeds beat the 5 seeds. It's one of the most commonly upset positions that it happens. But I'm going to go with Creighton here, man. I feel like Creighton got really embarrassed and they're going to bounce back. I mean, it should be a good game. Don't get me wrong. You see Santa Barbara might end up covering that spread, but you see Santa Barbara hasn't even faced a top 75 net opponent um they did go 18 and one though in the big west conference so you know this is a damn good team this is gonna be a tough game they're the gauchos so if that uh creighton can get past the gauchos here i like their chances to uh keep on moving down the bracket the other game here now is number four virginia versus number uh, 13 the ohio bobcats out of the mac conference and i actually like ohio here to win this game ohio is a sleep is a little bit of a slept on team I'd say they're one of the better, they're easily the best team in the MAC conference. Virginia hasn't been able to practice and they might be down a couple players as well. I think this is a great spot for a 13 seed to upset the four seed here. Virginia, they've pretty much been quarantined after their ACC tournament stint was cut short. Um, Ohio lost, did lose to Illinois by two and they did beat Buffalo and Toledo who are ranked inside the top 75. So, you know, I feel like that that's a great, that's a great time to play on them. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're not wrong. I mean, the and, and they have a, a guy that just seems like every station, whether it's mm-hmm. CBS, ESPN, you know, anytime they talk about this game, everyone's talking about Jason Preston. Yeah, uh, It sounds like a guy is definitely going to be making the league. He's averaging, he's, I mean, not too far from a triple-double, to be honest with you. He's averaging like 16, 7, mm-hmm. and 7, something like that. And, and you said it. I mean, Virginia, so I heard today, Virginia at the earliest – will be able to practice Saturday morning at 7.15 a.m. Well, folks, they play Saturday night. So they can't even – the earliest they can practice. They can't practice right now. They're still in Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. They're the only team that is not in Indianapolis right now uh, where they're supposed to be, where they're supposed to be playing. So they're quarantining at home in Virginia, and supposedly they are flying to Indy on, I believe, Friday. And then they got to go through another quarantine period there. And if everyone is good to go there, then they can practice Saturday morning if they want to. Um, I would assume they are definitely going to be doing a walkthrough, definitely a shoot around. I don't know if they're going to go through an entire practice on the same day you play the game. This is a great opportunity for Ohio to show who they are. Show, I mean, for, for this Preston kid to really show who he is on the big stage. I, I'm just not going to pull the trigger, though. I, I think Tony Bennett is the mm-hmm. mastermind at coaching a defense, and I think he's going to – without practice, I think this group that Virginia has has played together long enough. They have some guys that have been there for a long time now. I think they will be able to play great defense, and I, I think this will be a low-scoring game. I think Virginia will be able to pull it out based on experience and based on their um, great defense. Wow, that is interesting. I also want to say this, Ben. I think this is this is the highest percent chance of us seeing two double digit seeds face each other. I think this this I, spot right yeah. here presents itself. So um, there's actually another there's another one that we'll get to later that I like a lot as well. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll get to that one later. Yeah, no, I definitely have some double digit seeds advancing. That's for damn sure. But yeah, I'm on. I've got a. Uh, Ohio here, so uh, or you have Virginia though. So Virginia be- meets Creighton in the uh, in the uh, round of 32. Who do you have advancing out of that? I got Creighton in that one. 
Um, I, I think I, I do think it'll catch up to Virginia as soon as they play mm-hmm. um, a vet, another veteran team. And, and mm-hmm. Creighton, I, I love the experience that Creighton has, to be honest with you. I agree. Um, I think Creighton's also, you know, a little pissed off that they didn't get a play last year in March Madness as they were the number one seed coming out of the Big East. So I think that's a little bit of an extra motivating factor here for Creighton. But, yeah, you know, I like Creighton to advance here and play Gonzaga. But be honest with you, we already saw what happened one time when Virginia played Gonzaga. Virginia lost to Gonzaga. I believe it was by, like, over 20. I mean, it was not even a close game. I don't think Creighton stands much of a chance either as they're not a great defensive team. Um, Let's go to the bottom half of the West bracket here. And let's hit on um, USC versus the winner of Wichita State and Drake. I'll start us off with this one. So Wichita State is two really good guards. You can score the ball. Obviously, USC, USC is Evan Mobley, but I don't have much confidence in this USC team, man. I didn't really like what I saw from them in the Pac-12 tournament. I think the Pac-12 is a vastly overrated conference. Um, Drake is going to be without their best players. He's injured now for the season. I thought, think this Drake team with him in the lineup is possibly- I think there's a I think there's a possibility he does play. Really? Well, you know, regardless, it's kind of like when Michael Porter Jr. played in the tournament for Missouri. You know, he hasn't played in a mm-hmm. while. He's going to be rusty. I think that – I think that whoever wins this game, which I think is the Wichita State, I mean, even if Drake wins this game, I think either or takes down USC is typically one of the teams that plays from the playing game makes it to the next round, I think, to the round of 32. I think that regardless, either team takes down USC here. I'm going with the upset, and I have Wichita State um, upsetting USC. I have, I have USC and whoever they're going to play after this playing game. Um, and I, I trust me, folks, the upsets, I'll, I'll have some upsets. They'll come. Um, I think, I think USC can ride their big man, Evan Mobley for a while in this tournament. And, and I'll be honest with you right now. I have USC in my sweet 16. Um, I do not have them in my elite eight, but I do have a making it to the sweet 16. I, so what I like in terms of, looking at teams going far in tournaments, um, obviously the talent has to be there. I mean, that's, that's one thing. Um, I like to look for teams that have a lot of experience playing together. Not, not everyone's going to have that. And USC is not necessarily one of those teams. And one of the negative things I think about USC is they do not shoot free throws very well. And that comes big when you play close games. You have to make your free throws. So that's what I'm a little nervous about from USC. But a major factor is you have to have a coach that knows how to win in this time of the year when you're not expected to. Their USC's coach is the old FGCU coach, the Lob City team. And I know that they didn't go that far, but they did pull a couple upsets off. Mm -hmm. And I like that he's been there for a couple years at USC now. He has his own team. And I think – listen, Evan Mobley is probably going to be a top-five pick top three pick might be in the NBA draft. I, I think his talent will take over for the first couple of rounds in this tournament. And I'm going to ride the big, I mean, he's big, big. I'm going to ride that big man for a little while in this tournament. Interesting. You're a little more confident on them than I am. Um, in the bottom game here, we're going to have number three, Kansas versus number 14, Eastern Washington. So Kansas will be without McCormick and they're going to be without, um, I can't remember who the other player is. But so they're going to be without two of their starting five here in this game. And I think Kansas can get past Eastern Washington here. Um, I mean, Eastern Washington, they lost to Oregon by 17 to Arizona by three. Those are the best opponents that they've played. Um, This Kansas team was rolling. You know, if Kansas didn't have all these injuries, I was going to take Kansas to the Elite Eight. 
I just don't think Kansas can get past in the next round. I think it's the injury. I think that the uh, COVID-19 is going to catch up to them in the second round here. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I have Kansas uh, getting past Eastern Washington, but I do have them losing to USC in the round of 32. Okay. I mean, Kansas, listen, they got a couple guys that can really play. I mean, Abaji has been there for so long. Mm-hmm. I, he just seems like he's been there for like six years. But I just – the pieces are not there for Bill Self this year. They've had some poorly timed, uh, you know, COVID protocols hit their program. And McCormick's been their best player, most consistent player all year long. And without him uh, just playing on a cons- – practicing on a consistent basis, I just I just don't love their matchup. And without him, if he's not able to play against USC, I, I, that's where I think Evan Mobley can really feast. I mean, can't, I mean he's going to be bigger, much bigger, and much more skilled than anyone guarding him because it's going to be the Kansas backup center. So – that's my reasoning for having USC moving past Kansas in the round of 32. Yeah, I definitely think if USC wins, they're going to go to the Sweet 16. I'm going with the double-digit dog here and going with Wichita State Drake winner to get to the Sweet 16. That's um, I'm telling you, there's going to be at least one who makes it. I think we have a great chance right here. The bottom half of the bracket, we got the seven-seed Oregon versus the 10-seed VCU. Um, what are you doing here? I, I love Oregon. Love Oregon in this tournament. Okay. Um, I mean, like I just mentioned, they have a lot. They've they're led by uh, two seniors. They have mm. five different players that average double figures. That's pretty similar to what my Alabama Crimson Tide have. This is a veteran team that shoots the three well. I love uh, their coach. I think he does very. I think he consistently does pretty well in March. I have the Ducks moving in this tournament. Yeah, I think that. Um... VCU won't be able to dial up enough offense to get to the next round here as they're one of the top 10 defensive teams in the country, but they really struggle on that offensive side of the ball. I like Dana Altman a lot. I think he should be able to solve that defense as he'll have plenty of time to prepare for it. I don't think VCU's got the firepower to win here. I'm going with the favored Ducks here, the seven seed. Um, down in the two seed spot, Iowa's winning this game. Um, I do your- have Iowa. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't even think we need to talk about that. Iowa versus Grand Canyon. Um, ultimately, Ben, what are you taking in the Elite Eight and who's going to the Final Four out of this bracket? So, in the Elite Eight, the matchup I have is Gonzaga versus Oregon. Okay. Um, and, I, and I'm, I'm taking Gonzaga uh, to get to the Final Four. I mean, listen, I, I really love this Oregon team. I think they have a tremendous balance on offense. They shoot the three very well. They're a good free-throw shooting team, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mention free throws a thousand times yeah. when I talk basketball with you or throughout this podcast, because it matters. It wins and loses you games specifically in March. You have to be able to put the ball in the basket in the easiest chances you get. You cannot have missed dunks. You cannot have missed layups. You cannot have your best players foul out in the early second half or what, you know what I mean? You can't mm-hmm. play stupid. Missing free throws is inexcusable to me. It's free throws are not that hard. I, I don't care if there's no fans in the stands. I don't care if there's a hundred thousand fans in the stands. Practice your free throws. They're not that hard. <laughs> I have Gonzaga and Oregon in the Elite Eight. Hey, I love the way you put it right there, Ben. Practice your free throws. It's not that damn hard. I hate the fact that I went with all chalk in this bracket. I have Iowa. I, I just think let that. Me, let me let me say this though, and this there is no one here that is challenged that can challenge Gonzaga. I'm mm-hmm. not saying Gonzaga is just going to waltz their way, win, win, win. I'm not saying that it's March, anything can happen. Mm-hmm. But on paper, there is not a single team that can even compete with Gonzaga in the West. 
No, I, I'm going to agree with you completely on this one, Ben. I don't think there's any team in this, in this bracket that can give Gonzaga any trouble. I mean, if Gonzaga doesn't make it out of this bracket and they're simply just overrated and we're overhyped as the Gonzaga team's old, I don't think this is your typical Gonzaga team. When do they ever have a guy like Jalen Suggs on their team? I think Gonzaga walks through this bracket at ease. I don't think they face any trouble. I mean, the Final Four, whoever they play, they're going to get one hell of a matchup because, I mean, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't make it to the Final Four without being a great basketball team. You know what I mean? You can't get lucky that many times. You're not going to get hot from three that many times to make it final four it doesn't happen like that um i'm gonna go with iowa here i think look iowa's got one of the best players in the nation if lucas garza is really as good as he is if he deserves the awards he's been getting and everything and all the hype he gets show up play here Weiss camp should be ready to go from what i've been hearing i don't know how hurt he's gonna be i personally think that game versus oregon is gonna be tell all i mean I would take Kansas, man, to get to play them here. Kansas, I don't know if they can make it out of that second round. That's the thing about the brackets. You know, you can't go in and change it. At, if you could go in and change it, shit, I would go in and change it to Kansas going that far. You know, you got to kind of, you know, make up for what can happen. I mean, I don't hate your idea of USC. I wouldn't hate seeing USC or Oregon go this far. I just don't believe in the Pac-12 as much as I do like Dana Altman. I'm going to go with Iowa to play Gonzaga and go with the chalk here in this bracket. Although I do have Wichita State or Drake in the Sweet 16. So not completely chalky, but definitely could have done a little bit of there. Um, let's go down to the East region. Um, your East. So the Midwest, Illinois is the, num- is the number two overall seed. The number three overall seed was Baylor. And the number four was the Michigan Wolverines. Speaking of the Michigan Wolverines, we're not going to talk about their first round matchup, obviously. I mean, I don't think we need to worry about any of these one seeds losing to a 16 seed. No, we've seen the, I'll knock on wood here, guys, so I don't jinx Virginia like they'd happened to them a couple years ago. But Michigan's going to be without Isaiah Livers. Let's talk about the 8-9 game here. Who do you have winning this one, Ben? I have LSU. Um, I love the way that LSU is playing right now. I know that mm-hmm. they just lost to um, Alabama the SEC championship, but it's by two points. They, I, I, I mean, between Trendon Watford, Javante Smart, and Cameron Thomas, I think they have plenty of scoring. I need them to play some defense because this same Bonaventure team can absolutely play on both sides of the ball. I, this is going to be an incredible matchup. I actually think this is going to be one of the better games that we get in the first round. I am going to go by LSU and with LSU in a close one here. Yeah. um, I'm going to go for by with LSU for one reason, one reason only you can't tell me after how good they played in that last game or in that SEC tournament that you want to pick against them right now. Um, I do think St. Bonaventure is one hell of a team. This is just a tough, this is just a tough matchup for him and a tough draw for him. Like you said, yeah, they got three guys who are going to be watching play in the NBA. Um, I think LSU gets past St. Bonaventure here in this game. Um, I actually think Michigan, they'll run into their problems here in the next round. I have LSU upsetting Michigan in the second round for all the reasons I just said. I mean, now they're going to have to, Michigan's going to have to start their sixth man whose name leaves me at the moment. At the moment, I know they got Hunter Dickinson. I know they got Franz Wagner. I know they got some great guys on this team, but I just think this LSU team, man, has too much score and too much talent. I think Michigan will be the number one seed bounce the quickest of anyone in this tournament. There's almost always a number one seed. You didn't make it to the second weekend. I'm predicting it's Michigan. And LSU, if I'm not mistaken, just went pretty far in the tournament. I guess not last year because we didn't have a tournament. I guess two years ago. If I'm not, sweet didn't 16, they go pretty yeah. sweet 16? So um, Will Wade's done it before. Um, mm-hmm. I actually do have. I do have Michigan advancing to the uh, Sweet 16, but I do have them losing there um, uh, to your Seminoles, actually. Oh, 
Yeah, um, let's get down to that part of the bracket. So now we got the five 12, 12 seeds playing against each other. I know I said that uh, it's uh, the this is the most commonly uh, upset part of the bracket. I kind of don't like how I don't have many five twelve upsets going on here, but I'm not going to pick the five twelve seed upset this time. Look, Georgetown, they played great in the in the Big East tournament last week. This is not the Big East tournament. They're not going to be getting an injured Villanova here. Um, or oh. Ugh, Colorado can shoot their free throws. They do turn the ball over a little bit, but I just think that the way that they play and everything that, and plus the way that they lost in that, in that PAC 12 championship game, I think Colorado will be too much for Georgetown to handle. I think Georgetown got hot last week and they come back down to earth this week. I'm picking Colorado as well. Um, I think Georgetown's going to be a very popular pick in mm-hmm. um, some bracket pools that I'm in. So I'm going to go against Everyone there and uh, fade the Hoyas. I, I mean, listen, this this team really wasn't that good in the beginning of the season. Um, but they did get through the Big East. The Big East is not easy, even though Villanova is a little banged up. Um, but I'm going to go with Colorado in this matchup. I like that pick there, Ben. Um, next one is my FSU Seminoles playing um, – UN, uh, it's the universe, it's a uh, North Carolina Greensboro. I'm not even sure, I don't even know why I can't pronounce his initials right now. Um, I'm gonna tell you all this look, I was very disappointed in the way FSU played in the ACC championship game, and even in the second half of all those games in the ACC tournament. I mean, we're a much better team than the way we played in those games itself. This team has struggled to finish games the second half of the season ever since they had the COVID pause. I just don't think North Carolina Greensboro can do it here. They don't shoot the ball well enough. They turn the ball over a lot. I mean, this team is just simply not good enough to get past us here in this spot. Um, I just feel like they don't have the – like they're not good enough of a three-point shooting team and they're not good enough at forcing turnovers on the defensive end of the, of the basketball. I feel like Leonard Hamilton's got to, you know, have – I feel like this team has gotten the point, take care of the freaking basketball after what happened this last weekend. I mean, those 27 turnovers against Georgia Tech was absolutely pathetic. I think FSU rolls here. I'll keep it. I'll keep it nice and short. I love Leonard Hamilton. Love him even more when the calendar turns to March. FSU big in the first round. Hey, love it, Ben. Love it. Um, BYU versus Michigan State UCLA playing game winner. What do you like here? Well, I'm hoping Michigan State wins this play-in game, but I do think the winner of this play-in game does pull off this 11-6 upset. Um, both of these teams are playing great basketball right now, and, and it's nothing against BYU. I mean, BYU has really had a tremendous year. They're 20-6, and six, and three out of those six losses are against a Gonzaga. They have a great win at San Diego State. I just don't. I, I don't believe in them. I, I it, it, There's not a specific reason. They have a bunch of seniors. They have a lot of guys that have played a lot together. And I just got off saying that I enjoy that, the teams. I just – I mean, listen, I, I'm, I'm hoping it's Michigan State. And if it's Michigan State, there is no way I'm betting against Tom Izzo as an 11 seed right here. Yeah, um, regardless of what team wins this game, Ben, I think BYU goes down. I just think yeah. this BYU team is a little overrated. Um, I honestly think they might be the most overrated seeded team in the tournament. I don't understand how they got a six seed in Loyola, Chicago, and Georgia Tech are an 8-9 game. That makes absolutely no sense to me. BYU is extremely overrated. I think either one of these teams handles them and takes care of them. Um, the 3-14, here we got Texas versus Abilene Christian. I think this one's a quick one. We don't even need that much analysis on it. This Texas team can defend. Jericho Sims inside's a beast. Andrew Jones, 
um, Greg Brown. I mean, this entire just Texas team is nasty yeah. and stacked up. We saw them roll in the Big 12 championship. I think they carry this momentum over here. I don't think they have any problems with Abilene Christian or the winner of this BYU versus, versus the play-in team game. I think we watched Texas go all the way to the Sweet 16. I, I'm big on this Texas team, uh, be honest with you. I, they're hot right now. Um, obviously, we know what Shaka Smart is capable of doing in March, but I, if I'm not mistaken, he has not had too much success at Texas. Mm-hmm. I think he's 0-2 in March. Uh, you might have to check me on that, but I'm big on this Texas team. Athletic, big, uh, big men that defend very, very well, and veteran guards. And, and it, you know, we hear this, we talk about this all the time, guard play is huge in March Madness. And mm-hmm. listen, I, I'm a big Andrew Jones fan. I'm a, I'm a big – I like Greg Brown's athleticism too as the big man. But this Texas team's hot right now. They're playing great. And like you mentioned, they play great defense. I That's have them winning the matchup. Oh, for sure. And also, too, with these Big 12 teams, you also got to remember this. All these teams are ranked so much higher till conference play started. These teams beat up on each other inside the conference. I think we watched these teams take it out on everyone and show why they're the best conference and in they're college bat- basketball. They're battle tested. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? No, that's what I'm saying. Texas is battle tested. I mean, they won the Maui Invitational. I mean, they, they played Villanova right after playing four games that week down the last shot. You know, this is a hell of a Texas team. That's the Big 12 champions. You, that doesn't happen easy. Um, and right here now, we got the number seven versus number 10, UConn versus Maryland. Ben, I'll let you start us off on this one. I don't even think I'll need to say anything because I think we're thinking the same thing. It's the month of March, which means you do not bet against UConn in the first round. UConn. There, there's no rhyme or reason. There is no way. And I, I don't care if it's a different coach, different players. I don't care. You show me the Kemba Walker highlight, UConn advancing. Um, yeah, I'm on the same thing. James Boaknight in here. This is one of the best teams in the nation. I mean, this is a UConn team that could give your Alabama boys a little bit of trouble they in the could. next game. Um, they could. Yeah, this is a hell of a UConn team. We'll definitely advance. Ben, how, how deep in this – first off, so – you, I see me of Alabama going past UConn in the next round. I do. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to agree with you on this one. I think UConn's a great team. I th- just don't think they can keep up with Alabama's offense. I think Alabama might be able to put a 90-piece up on him. This Alabama team is the best team out of the SEC. This is an SEC conference that is probably one of the strongest years I've seen the SEC have. Um, I like Alabama here in advance. What are you thinking, though, on Alabama versus Texas? That's going to be a hell of a 3-2 game. Hopefully we get it. Yeah. I mean, so – you know, I, I try, you know, I make my bracket, you know, for money. Uh, but I also like to be as accurate as I can be. And I have Texas upsetting, I guess, upsetting three seed versus two seed. Um, my alma mater. Uh, I think Alabama will run into a Texas team that can score with them. And I think the, I mean, listen, Bama's got a lot of athleticism, a lot of shooters. I mean, this is going to, this would be one of the faster paced games that you will ever watch. And I I just think Alabama is just going to turn, I I think at some point they're going to turn the ball over a little too much. And I I have Texas advancing to my elite eight. Yeah. um, Ben, we're both thinking the same thing. I was actually kind of expecting you to take Alabama. I'm not going to lie. This is a hard one for me to pick, man. I think Alabama is one of the most complete teams in the entire tournament. I think they can shoot the ball really well. I just think Texas's defense and grit is what will get them past Texas or past Alabama and go to the next round. And look at this. Me and Ben are both being unbiased here. I've got at Texas beating Florida State. I think their defense and the way we turn the ball over will be way too much. 
I wouldn't be shocked, to be honest with you guys, if Florida State gets upset before this. I think we should be able to handle whoever we play because I have LSU playing Florida State in the uh, in the uh, Sweet 16. So I think Texas ultimately gets out of here and goes to the Final Four with their guard play and their defense. I have I have Texas in my Final Four as well, my man. I I think it's their time. Like I mm-hmm. these guys have have been at Texas under Shaka Smart for a couple of years now. I think they finally have more than one good big man that can actually do everything. You know, like in the past, they've had they've had a lot of centers get drafted in the past, you know, a couple of years. I mean, Jared Allen went to Texas. Mo Bombo went to Texas. Jericho Sims is is that guy. I mean, he is a freaking stud. Mm-hmm. And I think he's ready with Andrew Jones to, to put this team on their back, to be honest with you. No, I'm with you on that, Ben. I, I felt like this Texas team, when I watched them play at the beginning of the season, could go to the Final Four. The middle part of the season, I didn't feel as great about it because they kind of were they're fumbling a little bit against some teams. But the way they've picked it up and the way they've been playing as of late has that same faith in me with this Texas team. This is the team I thought they were, and I think they'll get to the Final Four. Um, next up here, we're going to go to the South region where we have the number one seed Baylor Bears. They should handle Hartford. Let's talk about the 8-9 game real quick here. I honestly wanted Wisconsin to be a higher or to be a lower seed than this. I wanted them to be like a six, seven seed. So it'd be a great spot to play against them. But Wisconsin sucks guys. And I'm not even saying this because they screw me every single time I bet on them in one of their games. I don't think I want a single bet on them all season long, but this Wisconsin team is garbage. They are not going to beat North Carolina. North Carolina is playing some of their best basketball right now. North Carolina will abuse Wisconsin. Both times they played against Iowa, Luka Garza had their way. I think North Carolina will do the same thing with their bigs and their guard play really picked up in the second half of the season. I don't think this game will be close. I think North Carolina will blow them out. And I think this will also be a great game to bet is right now the spread is North Carolina minus two. That it's going to be a max bet for me. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. I mean, there's, there's two things you need to know about North Carolina. They have four different players who are 6'11 or taller. They are unbelievable at offensive rebounding. North Carolina advances. And I, and I don't think this game is very close. Yeah, I think it's an absolute blowout. In the bottom half here, so now we have Villanova. They will have point guard Justin Moore. They won't have Colin Gillespie again. And, you know, I would love the bounce back stuff, but this Villanova team has played awful ever since Gillespie goes out. Winthrop, on the other hand, is a team I really like as a sleeper team. They have one of the uh, better scores with Chandler. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing this last name right, so I'm going to apologize. But his name is uh, Valdron, 6'7 guy. And they also have 6'9, 275 pound DJ Byrne, who is a Tennessee recruit, DJ Burns. And he's a beast as well. This Winthrop team can score the ball at will. They have some impressive wins as well this season as they beat tournament teams in uh, um, North Carolina, Greensboro, and Furman. They beat both of them by double digits. This team's 23 and 1 this season. I think they beat Villanova outright. They're also plus six and a half on the book. That's one of those ones. And they're plus 235 money line. That's one of those where I pound the spread and the money line and cash out big time right there. I like Winthrop to get to this, get to the round of 32. Yeah, and I'm in agreement with you. Um, and I I don't like picking against Jay Wright. I think he's a great mm-hmm. coach. If I'm not mistaken, he's one of very few coaches, active coaches, I should say, active coaches that have two titles. Mm-hmm. I believe he's got two. Um, not many people can say that active coaches. There's not many that have more than one. Um, so I hate fading this team here. But this one throw team, and for the people that don't know, this is a team that has made the tournament a decent amount recently. This is a, this is a really good program. Yeah, They shoot – I mean – they play – my only concern with them is they play like 10, 11 guys, 
And I think when you get to March, I don't always love the the teams that play that many. But all 11 guys contribute. So, I, I listen, it's not my team, but I am going to pick them here. You got to have at least one 12-5 upset. This is mine. Yep, I, 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 li- I like it, Ben. I like it a lot. And, you know, there's going to be some 12-5s. There's probably going to be, of course, the one that we didn't pick is going to be the one that hits. But, hey, I think that's the one that makes the most sense there. Let's talk about the 4-13 here. Yeah. I love this Purdue team. Travion Williams is an absolute beast. This Purdue team is gritty. They can shoot the ball. They can score it. They can beat you up inside as well. They got another good big man, Edie, who's going to come off the bench. He's like 7'4". He's an absolute monster as well. Um, Look, I think Purdue could could potentially go to the final four out of this bracket. I'm just going to say this. North Texas can defend the freaking basketball. This is a good basketball team. They did, though, get blown out by uh, Arkansas and West Virginia, which scares me a little bit. But, I mean, this team's greatest strength is defense, and they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. They got some good senior guard play as well. They, I mean, they had they beat North, they beat Western Kentucky in the conference championship game and knocked them out of the tournament. Western Kentucky's no slouch either. So this is a battle-tested North Texas team. This is going to be a hell of a grinded-out, low-scoring game. Purdue gets out of there. I like Purdue to go deep in this bracket. I have Purdue in this first-round matchup, but – um, you know, I looked back at some of North Texas's opponents and, and Culver for West Virginia had, had a, a really good game against him. He's a very skilled left-handed yeah. big man. And, and Purdue, I mean, I feel like every single year they have a dude that's eight feet tall. I mean, they, they are huge. They're one of the – either – it's either it's got to be either them or North Carolina. It's got to be one of the taller teams in this tournament. I mean, I think their size will just – will help them in this tournament. Um, I I ha- – not official yet i've not submitted my my bracket officially yet mm-hmm. i think if we get this matchup in the sweet 16 of purdue baylor those baylor bears better come to play because this purdue team can i mean they can beat them but um as of now i had baylor in the sweet 16 over purdue but this purdue team can go very far yeah i, I also think i think purdue to make the final four by the way is is a pretty good value bet i agree um uh, I mean, listen, they got to get through a one seed to get there. But, I mean, let's not act like one seeds always make the Final Four because that's not true. Yeah, exactly. It's called March Madness for a reason because madness happens. I do have Baylor beating them as well, but I'm going to agree with you, Ben. I think if anybody can bust up this bracket, it is going to be this Purdue team. Um, let's go to the bottom half of the bracket now in our 6-11 game here, which is Texas Tech versus Utah State. Utah State Aggies are always a tough team to out. They have many impressive wins this season, um, including uh, beating Colorado State, Boise State, San Diego State. Um, look, I think Chris Beard has a hell of a team here with Texas Tech, Mac McAlong and the Red Raider boys. I mean, Terrence Shannon, Kyle Edwards. I mean, they have a good team, San- Santo Silva. But I think this seven-footer, um, Nick, I, I can't, I'm not great with his name pronunciation. I think it's Nimas Quita. He's a walking double-double, averaging 14.8, 10.8, 10 rebounds. Um, this is also one of the top 10 rebounding teams in the country, so I think they're going to limit those second chance um, – these chance, second chance here for Texas Tech. I think we see number 11 upset number six, Texas Tech. That's a great – it's a great upset pick. I, I do. I, I'm just not going to go with Utah State here. I'm going to go with Texas Tech, and it's because – uh, Chris Beard coming off. I know that Jared Culver was on this team, but I believe that Matt McClung is a very good finisher of games. He's had multiple games this year where he's either hit a big shot, you know, to go ahead, to tie it, 
uh, late in the second half. I, I don't see him, and I know that there's a lot of other good players on Texas Tech, but I don't see Matt McClung losing this game in the first round. I, this kid, play, he, 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 he's not as good, but he does remind me of Grayson Allen. He plays with a ton of heart on the floor. He plays with a ton of energy. Um, I, I will say this. I, I, we need a fast break. We, we, Texas Tech is unbelievable at forcing turnovers. We need the, – the March Madness world needs Matt McClung on a fast break dunk because, folks, if you, haven't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, YouTube, Matt McClung in high school, this kid can throw down. Yep, Ben hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, this is going to be a hell of a matchup right here. This is going to be a hard-fought game. Um, on the bottom part here, I got Arkansas versus Colgate. Colgate, not a bad team exactly, but they also haven't played anybody inside the top uh, 75 this season. Arkansas has got some pretty impressive wins as they've played everybody close down to the last couple buckets. Um, their team's surging as well. You know, they almost beat LSU in that game. I think this Arkansas offense, I mean, they won 12 of their final 13 games. They've been on fire. Um, their average, I mean, they're scoring 82.8 points per game. Um, yeah. They're also second in the in rebounding in the SEC. So, you know, I think this team led by Moses Moody and uh, J- Justin Smith, I mean, they even have the sixth man of the year on their team. And uh, DJ, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. That'd be something for Ben right there since this is SEC teams. But I think Arkansas wins here and goes on to the Sweet 16. I, I like this Arkansas team a lot. Um, you know, I, I do watch them play quite often just for me being an SEC fan. Um, Alabama blew them out in Tuscaloosa. Then Arkansas blew Alabama out in um, Fayetteville, Little Rock. I think Fayetteville. Um, this team is kind of similar to the Texas Tech team, um, except they have a little bit better of scores. I mean, Moody is Moody's tremendous. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he won SEC freshman of the year. Uh, or wait, sorry, not SEC freshman. Of the, did he win SEC freshman of the year? I'm not 100% sure on that one. I think he was He was all SEC is maybe what I'm thinking of. Uh, he was all first team SEC. I think that's what I'm thinking of. I mean, Moody is tremendous. Arkansas has mm-hmm. just got a lot of guys. And I think Eric Musselman, who is another coach, um, he was, you know, for the people that don't know who he is, he was Nevada's coach for a couple of years, made the tournament with Nevada. He, this is a guy that he's been to March. Um, they're, they're hot right now. I, I like Arkansas and I like Arkansas to beat Texas tech, but I will say this Arkansas, Texas tech will be an unbelievable matchup. If it happens, if it happens, <laughs> if it happens, we'll see what happens there. But I agree with you, Ben, if it does happen, I'll be a hell of a game. I'm in the bottom half of things. I got Virginia tech smashing Florida here in this game, Florida, not a bad team, but I think it's Virginia Tech team. I mean, they have eight games canceled due to COVID, and they came out and still played well. They're led by uh, Keeve Aluma, and he's a big man. This guy's nasty. I think Virginia Tech, with their size and length and their defense, will have their way against Florida. I'll leave Virginia Tech here as the 10 seed to pull the upset. I think this is another team that's – I mean, they should be seeded better than they are. I think they're way better than a 10 seed. Yeah, I think they're just COVID pauses uh, maybe kind of hurt them. Yeah. Um. I will say this. I agree with everything you said for Virginia Tech, and so I'm picking Virginia Tech because I don't pick Florida to win it. And then, yeah. Love that. Um, 
I'm going to say this. Ohio State will beat Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts might be a little bit of a popular upset pick as they do have the nation's leading scorer in Max Abrams. So Ohio State team that was on fire and has come out uh, firing ever since. Um, I mean, they've struggled going into the Big Ten tournament, but they were on fire last week in the Big Ten tournament. They barely outlasted um, Purdue, but after that, I mean, they seem to be on a roll. Um, then for this Arkansas versus Ohio State matchup here, number two versus number three, I know we have them both in the Sweet 16. Who do you have winning and why? I have Ohio State, and it's it's because – I think they did. I, I think they just defend. I mean, Arkansas. I just. I. I, I don't think Arkansas just plays. I don't think they play much defense. To be honest with you, I think they're more of an offensive center mm-hmm. team. And I think when you play a more balanced team, a team that comes out of the Big Ten, not to mention Big Ten champion, I think the better team will will win because I think they're more battle tested. Liddell is a stud. Uh, Washington. Uh, I think it's Washington. Their guard. Yeah. Uh, for Ohio State, great. I mean. Another coach, I mean, I've already mentioned it a couple of times. It's another coach that came from a small school that had success and got to March, went to a bigger school and has had success. Uh, Chris Holtman, I believe he came from Butler after Brad Stevens. So just these small coaches, they want you, you uh, succeed at a small school and there's a handful of them that have, listen, Chris Holtman has been very good at Ohio state and is, and is, I think, I want to say he's in his third year. I'm not 100% sure on that. Third or fourth year at Ohio State. He's been good every year. Um, I, I think he's a great coach. And so I'm going to pick the better team, to, the more balanced team to win in this matchup. Yeah, I'm with you on that one, Ben. This is a tough one for me, man. But I go with Ohio State for the same reason. This Ohio State team surging. I mean, this is a really tough matchup to pick here. Ultimately, though, I think EJ Liddell and Ohio State will get it done. Um, do you have Baylor coming out of this bracket? I do. I do too. This Baylor team has not looked that great ever since the COVID pause, but I think you got to stick with them, man. Jared Butler's one of the best players in the nation. He should be that go-to scorer to go get a bucket for you when you need one. I think he should be able to carry this team through and get them the next round. I mean, they're really good. Davon Mitchell, um, Macy Oteague, Flo Thamba. He sounds like the, uh, like the Walmart brand of Mo Bamba, but um, you know, this 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 Baylor team stacked up, man. They should be able to get to the Final Four as talented as they are. I would say my next one seed I see getting upset and not making it there would be Baylor after Michigan. I would agree. I would agree on that. And it, I'm not, he's not on the hot seat. He, he wouldn't be on the hot seat. But Scott Drew has not had a, a lot of success um, in March. Mm-hmm. I, I do want to point that out there. This is his best team he's ever coached, though. If he does not get it done with this, at some point, you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, this is who I am. Yeah, I agree with you on that one, Ben. In my alternative- I, th- I, think it's the, I think it's the same thing for Gonzaga, by the way. If Mark Few can't at least go to the Final Four with the region he has and the team he has, listen, he's a Hall of Fame coach, no doubt about it. He's got one of the best winning percentages of all time. I know that he plays, I know he plays in, the, in the whack, but still, it's still impressive. If he doesn't, and I'm not saying you have to win it all. It's really hard to win it all. If you don't win your region, if, you, if this team should at least go to the Elite Eight, I think they should at least go to the Final Four. Um, then at some point, you have to look yourself in the mirror, Mark Few, and say, listen, I'm a coach that just can't get it done. Because I don't think he's ever going to have a team like he does at Gonzaga right now. He's got a kid that's going to go top five, top ten, uh, possibly top five, most likely top ten, and Jalen Suggs. He's got a ton of guys that have been there forever, uh, Kispert and uh, uh, 
what's his name? Drew Timmy. Mm-hmm. You have Gonzaga has everything on paper to win a national championship. They have a guy that can go get, they have a multiple guys that get you a bucket. They have veteran leadership. They play defense and they have a great coach. So I don't know what their excuse would be if they can't get it done. And I will say this. I hate Mark Few in interviews, how he keeps saying that their goal is, I mean, I get it. You want to take it one game at a time, but he won't come out and say that their goal is to win the championship. What the hell is your goal, Mark Few? Yeah, that's, I mean, it, that, that's weird. I didn't even know that. He, he said, it, I've heard it two or three times. He's like, yeah, we're not looking at, we're not looking at it as, to win the, you know, to win the championship or us being the best team or the best seed in the tournament, we have to win. We're just going to take it game by game. And I get that. That's, that's the mindset you need. You have to take it game by game, but you're the number one overall seed for crying out loud. Like do your job, win games. Yeah. I'm, I agree with Ben. I mean, no excuses here for Gonzaga at this point. Um, now we go to the Midwest with Illinois, number one seed playing Drexel. I got Illinois winning this one. Let's go down to the eight, nine game. By the way, both yeah. these teams got screwed, man. Neither of these teams should be eight or nine seeds. I mean, they punished Georgia Tech for winning the ACC. Loyola Chicago, in my opinion, mm. I think it should be like a six or a five seed. No way they should be an eight seed. I got Loyola Chicago beating Georgia Tech here. Um, I think Georgia Tech with that zone and the way they play defense is great and all. Um, Josh Pastner and his mask. I heard something on a podcast earlier today, and they're saying they should Georgia Tech should put Josh Pastner's little face shield in the Georgia Tech Sports Hall of Fame. <laughs> I think that would be absolutely hilarious. I think you have to. I mean, that's going to be a great piece of memorabilia to own for someone. But uh, I think Loyola Chicago is just going to be too much for Georgia Tech here. I think they handle them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Loyola Chicago is the better team. They're a veteran team that has been to the tournament together. I'm going to ride the hot hand with Georgia Tech, though, and I'm, it's a little hometown bias. And I'm, I'm, I mean, for the folks that yeah. don't know, I, I have never been a Georgia Tech fan. Um, I think Moses Wright's playing unbelievable basketball ACC right now. And, then, of the year. And, and, and would you say deservingly so? This is your conference. No, absolutely. Hey, but also, Ben, remember, what did I say? I said if FSU doesn't win the ACC, it's going to be Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And, Al, and Alvarado. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing that right as their point That's guard. That's correct. Yeah, he's the ACC Defensive Player of the Year. And he, I mean, just a kid that plays with his heart on his sleeve. I, I think you can ride the hot hand with Tech, um, the nine beating the eight here. I mean, it's not really an upset. I'm kind of agreeing with you, though. I don't love that both of these teams are seated eight and nine. I, I think both of these teams um, would beat and would. I think they should have been favored if they would have played like a team like BYU, to be honest with you. I agree with you completely on that one, Ben. I think this is a ridiculous matchup, honestly, to make it an 8-9. Um, but, you know, this is this is going to be a great game to watch. This game is going to be a bloodbath, I think. It's going to be a hell of a game. That might be one of the best – that might be the best game of the entire first round right there. Um, yeah, I think I think both teams, whoever – or I think whoever wins um, has zero chance against Illinois. I, I think it's going to mm-hmm. take everything out of them in this first-round matchup, and I, I think Illinois wins big in that second round. Get a greens for me on that one, Ben. Um, let's move down to the bottom part of this bracket where we got the five seed Tennessee taking on the 12 seed Oregon state. This is your classic, just like what we have with Georgetown, Georgetown got hot. Yeah. Oregon state got hot from three and won the sorry pack 12. It's not happening again. Tennessee will win this game and Tennessee will advance here. I will say this though. I don't think Tennessee's that great. Nope. 
I wouldn't be shocked to see them get upset, but I just don't think Oregon State's the team to do it. I would rather, I mean, if they're playing like a different 12 seed, I would say, yeah, if it wasn't a, wasn't one that got hot last week and is due for a letdown. I mean, usually those teams who weren't supposed to be in the tournament, and I mean, who didn't even have a chance of getting in the tournament unless they win the conference championship, they typically don't make noise in, in the, the actual NCAA tournament. I think Oregon State's done. Tennessee is a very talented team, but they just cannot score the basketball. I mean, they, they, they struggle scoring the basketball. Uh, they play great defense. Uh, Rick Barnes, great coach. I do think they get past Oregon State. I, if they if they play Oklahoma State in that second round, that's just going to be a tremendous matchup because you get Tennessee's great defensive play against the guy that's going to be the number one pick in the NBA draft. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, it's going to be crazy. Um, I've got Oklahoma State beating Liberty. Um, I don't know too much about Liberty, but Cade Cunningham will not simply not lose this game. That's what I'm thinking right here. I mean – Liberty doesn't have any crazy good wins. I mean, they got smoked by Missouri, Purdue, and Mississippi State. Mississippi State is kind of garbage, and they lost all of them by double digits. They are not taking down Cade Cunningham. He won't let it happen. Cade Cunningham took over at the end of that at the end of that Baylor game. He'll do the exact same thing here. I have Oklahoma State going all the way to the Sweet 16. Cade Cunningham has taken over college basketball since he was eligible to play. Um, he's I mean he's must watch TV. Everyone. I mean he he's he does everything on the floor, but. It, you know, let's not just give him all the glory. Um, Oklahoma State is a very good basketball team. Between Avery Anderson and Caleb Boone, Caleb Boone is tremendous. Um, a high-energy uh, high big man gets up and down the court, plays great defense down in the paint. Now, the tricky thing against Liberty is they're a shooting team. <laughs> they, they can shoot the ball from the three. So I think if Oklahoma State can defend that three-point line and try and chase Liberty off that three-point line um, – I agree with you. I don't see Cade Cunningham losing in an upset in his only March Madness. And so I also I also have Oklahoma State um, going to the Sweet 16. Love that. Um, spoiler alert, Illinois will end Cade Cunningham's Sweet 16 run. He might be good, but Illinois has got Curbelo. They got Ayo DeSomo. They got Kofi Coburn. I mean – this team's too stacked up. Even that backup big man, I can't think of his name. He, Georgie something. I can't even pronounce his last name. He's a beast too. I mean, this Illinois team's too stacked. I got them rolling all the way to the Elite Eight. I have Illinois. Yeah, I have Illinois going far. I don't want to say how far I have them going. All right. Um, ooh, interesting, Ben. Okay, okay. Um, let's go down to the bottom part of the bracket here. We got the six seed San Diego State taking on number eleven Syracuse and Jim Beheim. Um, I, I like the upset here with Syracuse as the eleven seed. I mean, they run a pretty efficient offense. They seem to have turned it up a little bit on the offensive end with their just the way they've been scoring defensively. You know, they're great at getting blocks and steals and getting out and running. I mean, Buddy Bayheim too, and Alan Griffin. I mean, their perimeter attack that they're leading and the three points that they've been bombing down. I think they'll get past right here and go on to the next round. I like another double-digit seed to go to the round of 32. I think this is going to be the most popular upset pick in the world. Um, and Jim Beheim, as, as we do know from history, does better when he's a higher seed. This is a really tough game. I do have Syracuse in this game. Buddy Beheim, like you mentioned, just a great three-point shooter. He's the guy that – I mean, he can take this tournament over. When he gets on a shooting roll, I mean, he can make six – five six threes a game and I, I think I'm banking on on Buddy Beheim continuing this hot shooting stroke that he's on because he's on fire right now 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. I feel like Syracuse is rolling. It's a good time for them. I mean, Bayheim's got a lot of experience. Number three, West Virginia takes on number 14, um, Moorhead State. Um, I'm rocking with West Virginia here. I think West Virginia is going to come out a little pissed off due to their early exit in the tournament. Um, Moorhead State, not a bad team as they won the OVC. Um, this team's 23 and seven on the year. I mean, they've won the conference seven straight times. I just don't think they got enough to take on to take down West Virginia. This is my upset of the tournament. Okay. Moorhead State. And my reasoning is because West Virginia does not shoot the ball very well from the outside. They're a team that wants to live in the paint, and they're very good at the paint. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Culver is a tremendous big man. Uh, mm-hmm. Shout out Lefty. But I think if there's going to be a big upset in this game, this is where I'm looking for it to happen. And okay. I'm going with my big upset here. So I have an 11 seed Syracuse facing a 14 seed Moorhead State in the round of 32. You know, Ben, I love how we both have um, have a potential for uh, – actually, I guess I don't have any double-digit seeds playing against each other. So I kind of like that angle here in your bracket. Who's advancing, Syracuse? I do have Syracuse advancing from there. Okay. I like that. Um, bottom half now, we got a seven-seed Clemson facing a 10-seed Rutgers. Look, before the COVID shutdown, Clemson was a really good team. Ever since they've not been that good, we love to forget Rutgers was ranked ninth in the nation when Big Ten play first started. They kind of got beat up on inside Big Ten play, but they found their way once again towards the end. I think Rutgers rolls here. I think they smack Clemson. Yeah, so I think this is a team that's kind of similar to, like, the Wisconsin point of view. And, like, they're, they're a – well, maybe not, but – Rutgers was very good until they got to the Big Ten play. And then just like Wisconsin, they got crushed. And they fell back a little bit. But Rutgers is a very good program. They're a very good team. I have Rutgers uh, winning this game. Um, I'm assuming you have Houston beating Cleveland State in the, in the last pick for us. Duh. I, have, I have Rutgers beating Houston in that, in that next round. And you know what? I have Rutgers beating Syracuse in my Sweet 16. I have the 10 seed in my Elite Eight. You know, crazy things can happen. March Madness. I'm not going to call you crazy. I have chalk here with West Virginia versus Houston and Houston and Illinois facing each other in my uh, Elite Eight. I just think that Houston, you know, they're one of the best defensive and offensive teams in college basketball. Also, too, they're going to be playing in Assembly Hall, Indiana, which is where that their head coach, um, Kelvin Sampson, was fired from a while back because of uh, recruiting violations. I think he's going to come out pissed off, and I think he's going to win both these games. Also, too, they're only allowing 500 fans. All the other areas are getting 25 to 30% capacity. They're getting the least amount of fans in this in this part for the tournament. I think Houston goes all the way to the Elite Eight. I just feel like this team is being slept on just because they're from a small conference. This is a really good team, and I think they're going to smack everyone in their way and make a statement here that they've been slept on all season long. I would I would not be shocked if Houston goes very far in this tournament. They are – I think they're top three in offensive and defensive efficiency. They're, they're tremendous on both sides of the ball. Um, and they have, they have a great coach. I mean, I mean, like you mentioned, Kelvin Sampson. So, um, you know, I do think they can go far. We got to have a surprise somewhere. My yeah, surprise I, is Oregon and Rutgers. Oh, I like both those, Ben. I mean, I probably should have had a little bit more upset mine and mine. I guess my biggest upset so far is LSU to the uh, to the uh, Sweet 16 and upsetting Michigan. Um, so are you who are you taking to come out of this bracket? You say you say Oklahoma State. Uh, and like for my final four. Yeah, who'd you take out? I, of I, I do have Illinois advancing. I have Illinois as the one seed playing Baylor as the one seed in this in this side of the final four. 
I do as well. Then I also have Gonzaga playing Texas on the other side. So we have the exact same Final Four. Ben, who's playing in the national championship and who's winning it all? I hate to do this, but I do have Gonzaga beating Illinois. Um, <laughs> Spoiler, I, I have the same I, thing. I I mean, if anything, I just – I listen, I've made – maybe five brackets. I haven't submitted all of them. I've deleted some of them. I mean, I'm, I'm only making two. I, yeah. I, I only have two brackets every one. I just make a lot. I, I can't see a scenario where the two best teams don't get it. And that's Gonzaga and Illinois. They've, I mean, those are the two best teams in the country, in my opinion. Um, so I'm not going to pick against them. I know it's, you know, two one seeds playing against each other, but I'm putting those on the record. Gonzaga does not make a final four this year. I will never put them again. I, I will pick them to lose every eh, – not every round because they, they won't lose the first round. I'm tired of them being a one or a two seed and not playing up to their ability. So I'm, I'm picking them one more time, and if they don't do it, blacklisted. Yeah, this is actually the first time that I've ever found myself buying into the Gonzaga hype, Ben. And the main reason for me buying into the Gonzaga hype here – is just I feel like Jalen Suggs, man, is just a different animal. You know, nobody mm-hmm. really has played against a, against a guy this good as Jalen Suggs. Gonzaga's never had a guy as good as Jalen Suggs to go with everyone else. I feel like he's the big-time difference maker. I mean, Gonzaga smacked the crap out of everybody they played down the road. I just feel like this Gonzaga team is too darn good not to go this deep. I, I feel like they have to. I and mean, on the flip side of things, Illinois, man, they've been so – they just have showed so much. They pulled off so many big wins. I feel like they're playing their best basketball now. And, you know, at the beginning of the season, they had some tough losses where I was kind of like, I was like, damn, I thought Illinois is better than that. But as the season's gone on, you know, they played better and better and better. And I feel like they've gotten better as the season gone on. And they're playing their best basketball right now. I mean, it's going to be tough. In my second bracket, I'm taking Illinois to win it all. That's how good I feel about it. So I feel like it's going one of the two ways. I mean, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, in terms of Jalen Suggs, I mean, they – Gonzaga had, a, you know, a little bit more of a throwback to Adam Morrison. Um, I believe he was like the third overall pick by the Bobcats at the time. That's like yeah. how far back they are because they're not a team anymore. If I'm not mistaken, Zach Collins and DeMontis Sabonis, I think they were picks 10 and 11. So they've had some lottery picks, but what did I say before? This tournament is guard-driven. Mm-hmm. Guard driven Sabonis and Zach Collins are big men. Yeah, they almost got it done though when they had him. I mean, that was a crazy stacked up team, but at the end of the day, they weren't quite enough to get it done. Yeah, I mean, is there a team in in this tournament that is you know is a pretty high seed? So we'll just say four four three two one, so a high seed, and you just don't believe in them at all because for me, that's Iowa. Uh, I, I agree. I, I mean, I think Luke Garza is a tremendous college basketball player. I don't really think he'll be that good in the pros. I think he's too slow. Um, but – and they – like you mentioned earlier, Wieskamp should be back. And Bohannon is healthy again. Like, their team is there. Mm-hmm. I just – I do not believe in them. I'm with you completely on that one, Ben. I don't believe in them. I hate the fact that I have them in the Elite Eight. I just don't know who can beat them in this bracket. I know. I, I feel like that, honestly, they probably will lose. Another thing you got to think about is, you know, like other people when they're picking their brackets, what are they going to do, you know? And I just feel like that taking them here is just the smartest move for me to do in the bracket. But I agree with you. I think they got a pretty easy draw. Like, you know, if they're facing a better – like, shoot, if they faced Virginia Tech as a 10 seed, I would take Virginia Tech to upset them, you know, right there in that second round. I think they could handle them down low. Like, 
I just feel like the way this bracket played out that Gonzaga easily got the best, got the easiest run of any team. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Gonzaga's bracket or region is very challenging. That's what to I'm them, saying. To them. I'm not saying the teams in there aren't good. To them, I don't think it's very challenging. No, you'll get 100% agreements from me on that one, Ben. Anything else you want to say before that uh, we hop off here? Just enjoy the games. If you gamble, gamble responsibly. And, uh, and just have fun. I mean, this is this is it is so much fun to fill out a bracket. I mean, you don't have to like college basketball and you don't even have to know college basketball. I mean, I've I've had years where, you know, I do a family bracket most of the time. My mom has won the bracket. My mom doesn't pay attention to any college basketball. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom probably has Alabama winning the national championship just because she loves me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to love that, by the way. Join me in Ben's bracket pool, text, DM, Snapchat, hit any of us up anyway if you want to, if you want to get on with that. We got over 20 brackets in there now. About to grind here over the next two days and fill that thing up. We're trying to get 100 entries, so help us reach our goal.